0: buddy, welcome back to Theology Taco. My name is Tim and I am the host. And this week, I, or this episode I should say, I've entitled God's Office Space, How to Make Work Not Suck. So in this episode, uh, my intention is not to come off as a holy roller. Uh, I'm just going off past experience. And I'm also including a lot of stuff that I've read about how to navigate work. (laughs) Navigate your place of employment. So, work, a job, is something that all of us have to do as adults. Oh, by the way, I'm just being honest here. If it sounds like at any point in this uh, recording, that if it sounds like I'm reading, I am. I have to prepare an outline or a script, if you will, and read from it, because if you don't, or if I don't, it's going to be bad. Bad for everyone. So, let me start again. Uh, So work is something that we all have to do as adults. Some of us are fortunate enough to land a dream job, but a lot of us could be stuck in a job that makes us feel stuck, been there before. It can be a monotonous grind where people obsess about the most meaningless things. Take Peter, for example, from the popular film Office Space.
1: Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. (laughs) Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I I forgot. Mmm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot, but uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I have the
1: memo. I've got it. It's right...
0: I can't believe how much this movie captures what it's like to work in an office. Uh, in fact, when I worked in, in sales, sometimes, it, sometimes we would play the movie on a Friday. And, and, but even at that job, uh, the movie captured what it was like to work in an op- office, even at that job. So maybe you're like you're not like Peter, but maybe you work in the food indus- industry, like me and like Peter's girlfriend Joanna, played by the lovely Jennifer Aniston. We need to talk about your flair.
1: Really? I I have fifteen pieces on. I uh, well, well okay, fifteen uh, is the minimum. Okay. Okay. Now you know it's up to you whether or not you want to just do the bare minimum or. Uh, well, like Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today, okay? And a terrific smile. Okay, so you b- you want me to wear more? Look, Joanna, yeah. people can get a cheeseburger anywhere, okay? They come to Chotchkeys for the atmosphere and the attitude. Okay, that's what the is about. It's about fun. Yeah. Okay, so more then, yeah? <laughs> Look, we want you to express yourself, okay? Now, if you feel that the bare minimum is enough, then okay. But some people choose to wear more, and we encourage that, okay? You do want to express yourself, don't you? Yeah. Okay, great, great.
0: That's all I have. Okay. What's disturbing is that I'm able to side with both people in that clip. Uh, simply because I, I have manager experience. Uh, and I want, you know, my my team when I'm managing them to offer good customer service and be enthusiastic. Anyways, how do we get out of that grind? How do we get unstuck? For someone who calls Christ their Lord and Savior, then you should understand that you shouldn't view day-to-day life at work or life in general as a hamster wheel that you get on for eight hours or more and then get then get off, then get back on the next day and repeat until you're retired or you're just simply too old to work. So what do you do? You know, I used to feel like this and occasionally I still do, although not too often. Whenever I would bring up this frustration to my peers or even some people, older than me who've been in my shoes, they would often quote to me Colossians 3.23, which says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So feeling guilty, I would try to live this out at work and my attitude, it would improve for a few days and even a few weeks then I would often fall into the same hamster wheel mentality that I usually had. Excuse my Facebook notification. And I, w- I always felt something was lacking in my attempts to change my attitude, but I, I didn't know quite what that was. Uh, so the mentality of being stuck is it's pretty linked to how you view leadership. So in the movie Office Space, when Peter was being interviewed by the Bobs, he expressed that part of his his frustration was dealing with the way, with uh, eight different people over him that would whine about the smallest mistake he he would make. He also had to deal with Lumberg, Bill Lumberg, who I I if I remember correctly, he was the head uh, he was the office manager. Even though he was dull, Bill Lumberg, he has a very alpha male sort of characteristic, hence the Porsche. Uh, this, uh, this sort of sucked any ambition towards seeking a leadership role uh, in, in Peter's context.
1: What if, and believe me, this is so <laughs> hypothetical, but what if you were offered some kind of a stock option equity sharing program? Does that do anything for you? I don't know, I guess.
0: I know for me, this had been especially true both inside of work, but outside of work as well, especially in the ministry field, which might surprise some people. My view of leadership within the church had been tainted by uh, people who are are very charismatic, very well-spoken, and had an alpha male type and I just didn't feel like I matched up to that, so how do you get out of that mindset uh how do you deal w- with uh coworkers and managers in a better way? How do we experience joy in our job when it just seems so mundane or like uh a friend of mine brought up today, you know what if you are are stuck in this in this industry that you've tried to get out of but you you feel st- you stuck in that industry because you've been doing it for so long. How do you experience contentment if that's the case? Well, I mentioned before that when I experienced experienced this kind of mindset, that I felt something was lacking in my attempts, because something was lacking in this area, th- that something was lacking in another area as well. Even though some helpful people tried to point me to the Bible for advice, I never considered how my spiritual life connected to my work life. You don't have to separate the secular and the sacred. In this case, you don't have to separate your job from your spiritual life. So if you're listening to this, and if you're a Christian, I'd like to ask you a question. Where are you in your relationship with God? If you find that you're having this feeling of being stuck or constantly being frustrated with your job, maybe what you need isn't a self-help book that many of us turn to. Maybe you just need to develop to develop further in your discipleship to Christ. How are the two connected, you might ask? Let me give you an example from my own experience. So remember a moment ago when I when I said that I had got to a point where I had an unhealthy view of leadership. Well, when I was trying to zero in on what to pursue for my master's degree, I was trying to figure out what to call my calling. I knew that I wanted to teach Christians the depth of their faith, and I wanted to teach Christians to daily pursue Christ. Well, it was right there in the catalog in front of my face. Discipleship duh i soon found out though that to require me that that, re, that would require me to be a leader now i've i've always heard that to be a good leader you need to be a good follower nowhere is this more true than in discipleship because in the christian context christ is the master it is he who we are disciples of in fact uh, so that very fir- that very verse i cited above ends with uh man i just wrote this like i was writing a paper the, the the colossians verse that i cited when it says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as if as working for the lord not for human masters i think those last four words they tend to get left out whenever this verse is quoted. When I realized that Jesus was the master of all my life, instead of just my bosses, it changed things for me almost immediately. I realized, though, that leadership comes from what Christ does in me, and not from something that I do on my own. So, I didn't have to compare myself to those people who, who they didn't, they didn't they weren't the ones who tainted my view of leadership but my feelings of inadequacy tainted my view of leadership because i could never measure up to what they did but realizing what that it's christ what christ does within me not something i do on my own that's what changed so when when following jesus there's no room for the alpha male because leading people especially to Christ means submitting to Christ. All disciples are ambassadors to Christ and in his saving work. This is something that should be done with the utmost love and respect to Jesus as well as to others. With the, the value of ambassadorship, I don't have to worry about being the alpha male because Jesus is the alpha and omega. So you might be saying now, well, Tim, that's good for you, but you haven't addressed the situation you brought up about work not sucking. So, yeah, uh, I blabbed about myself, uh, but my point is, is that there's there is a natural overflow that affects uh, your work life. when When this happens, it makes the work life easier to handle. The closer you get, you get to God, or should I say? The more one loves God and applies that love to their life, the more joy they generally have and the more contentment that they have. It's one thing to say that you love God or to say that God loves you because let's face it, we can say things all the live long day. We we could say it till we're blue in the face. But when it's when you actually live that out, when you believe it in your core, that's when things start to change. When you come, when someone comes to faith in Christ, uh, the same thing is generally experienced. But I think that along the way, we can we can easily lose sight of this, especially if we're not growing in our faith. So I'm not going to come on here and tell you that you need to do better in your walk with God. Instead, I mean because that's a conclusion that you can come to your own, uh, come to on your own. Instead, I just want to hopefully point out some tools that can help you. One of the first things I want to provide for you is a way to identify where you are in your faith. And I'm pulling that from a book called Disciple Shift. <clears throat> Assuming you've accepted Christ, but also assuming that you're struggling with your work environment. Uh, There's two to three possible categories that you fall under. The first category you might fall under is the infant stage. People in this stage are normally considered those who are new to the faith and who need to be nurtured uh, the most uh, because you're genuinely genuinely or generally uninformed uh, which is understandable because you're new to faith Uh, so one characteristic of a person in this stage even though they are receptive to Christian teaching is that they can you can get it mixed up with pop culture philosophy for example you might hear a person in this stage say God helps those who help themselves or uh, this is popular on social media Um, it says God will never give you anything more than you can handle. They also might tell you if you want to sell your house faster to bury a a figurine of St. Joseph upside down in your backyard. The book also gives examples, uh, questions uh, of uh, people in this stage might ask. Uh, One like, uh, "I I need to go to church regularly? I didn't know that. I don't... Or they might say, I don't need anyone else. It's just Jesus and me. And then uh, this one I thought was kind of funny. And I don't know anyone personally that that has ever said something like this. But uh, it says, my wife and I just got baptized. And on the way home from church, we got into a big fight. What's up with that? I thought Jesus was supposed to take care of all of our problems. That might happen but I know that a lot of churches now have started something called baptism classes where if you want to get baptized you sign up and then you attend some informational classes that teach you about baptism and what it represents and what what's gonna happen afterwards and whatnot. So but if you find yourself identifying with this area I'm going to strongly encourage you to seek someone out that can be a spiritual parent to you. This, was, this might be a, an elder couple in the church uh, who are actual elders of the church. Or it might be someone in your family who you know is, uh, has a pretty good, uh, pretty solid relationship with Christ. The next stage you might fall under is called the child stage, which comes after the infant stage. People in this stage are usually familiar with the teachings of Jesus. Uh, in fact, uh, another Facebook message. Sorry. In fact, people uh, the 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 apostles wrote to people in this stage uh, in, in their in their letters, like Paul and John. They had often called their uh, addressed their audience as being uh, children. But the People in this stage are starting to pick up enough Christian language to have conversation with other believers. Uh, People in this stage are also starting to apply what they've learned uh, from church and apply it in their life. The book points out that children tend to see the world in black and white, and in the Christian world, that translates to the child stage where people would probably be pretty dogmatic in their beliefs. Uh, so, So children are also self-centered except for the occasional surprise but this is basically saying that at this point their faith has not yet focused on others as with the infant stage those in the child stage are relatively new to faith sometimes though it can also refer to people who have been christians for a long time but they've stayed stagnant in their faith for some reason what one says about their faith can identify if they're in this stage. And I'm going to list examples again like I did with the infant stage. So this one's a doozy. It says, I don't know if this church meets my needs anymore. Or how about, uh, who are all these people, all these new people coming in the church? This church is getting too big. It's too hard to get a parking spot. Or uh, this one that says, why do we need to learn new songs? The old hymns are better. And then how about the one, this one I've been guilty of saying, I don't feel spiritually fed by this today's sermon. Or I've said, I don't feel spiritually fed by the church that I'm going to anymore. So these uh, examples that I've given to you they're not meant to make you feel bad or, or to insult you. And I'm. they're meant to hopefully, like I said, identify what stage you're in and hopefully encourage you to keep growing in your faith. There's a next stage. Um, there's actually two stages. So the next stage after the child stage is the young adult stage. And wh- when I said that in the child stage, you're uh, your, technic- your you're a little bit self-centered. You're not focused on others. Well, when you move into the young adult stage, I think that marks the biggest change in your maturement as far as your faith goes, because then you start to focus on others. You start to care about other people's discipleship as well, and you want to, uh, grow, grow their faith and, uh, and you want to serve more in your church, and you become become concerned with uh, helping out with all of the church's ministries and and whatnot. And as I said before, discipleship um, is something that leaks into every part of life, and it leaks into the job. Because as I said before, the closer you get to Jesus the more of christ's love is going to be seen in you and in, the, in it, and it's going to start to reach out to others you'll you'll hopefully be more graceful towards others more more compassionate towards others and you'll realize that your contentment doesn't necessarily lie in the success uh, that your job can bring you, but your contentment lies in that um, God is caring for all of your needs and all of all of your worries. So you can take the focus off of um, uh, feeling the pressure that you need to advance, or feeling or feeling like what you do doesn't matter because you're not doing it anymore for your your boss technically you're doing it more for Christ. But <laughs> the the paradoxical thing about it is that your your boss people around you will just notice a change in you. They'll they'll notice something you may have been one way before, but because you are growing in your faith, it's changing you. Into uh, maybe I don't want to say a better person, but it really is. And so, what I want to ask you, or what I really want to say, is: Where are you in your relationship with God? Are you are you content with where you where you're at? Are you just uh, in this in your current stage because it's comfortable and it's traditional? Or are you going to take your faith, are you going to take your relationship with Christ more seriously? And I think that if you decide to take it more seriously, then that's when you'll start to see things really change. I don't have anything else left to say because for me, this is how it's worked. And from what I've read, this is how it's worked for other people. I'm not here to pitch you a self-help thing. I'm here to encourage your discipleship with Christ, your relationship with God, so that you can be uh, content at peace, but so that you can also be a light to others. So there, what I've just presented might not be what you were looking for necessarily, Maybe you were looking for a one, two, three step kind of thing. But really, I think that uh, your re- relationship with Christ and your discipleship is at the heart of the matter. And I, it directs, directly relates to your job. I know that for me, I was uncomfortable with the idea of becoming a manager at my current place of work but the more that i uh decided to dig into my faith the more i realized that i was excited about to be take on the challenge i was excited for the challenge and i found out that i could do it and that's because i placed my i didn't place my confidence in myself i placed my confidence in jesus and that in turn gave me confidence that I could do it, that there's more to me than uh, what I thought because I I trust God and that worked out. So that's me, but I also think that that can be you as well. And, you know, I probably would have never created the podcast if I didn't take a similar risk. So there you have it. Uh, that's. I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing. Uh, I just wanted to bring this up. I'm considering starting a, a, a Patreon account for this podcast because I do like doing it, but there there are some costs with doing this, and there are more things that I want to do with this podcast uh, like, I want to do some interviews, and uh, maybe I want some guest hosts on there. But that requires better equipment, uh, like a, a sound mixer, uh, I think that's what it's called, uh, and then maybe some better recording equipment, and then I also have subscription costs, too, and I swear to goodness, everything has a subscription cost these days. But uh, so I'm thinking about doing that. I'm I'm praying over it because uh, I just I'm very nervous about initiating something like that because I know people have money going everywhere and and you know do they really want to do they really want to send like five to ten bucks to me to. Help with this show, anyways. I'm gonna be praying about it. I hope you pray for it over that too, and I would appreciate your prayer. So, here's gonna be the lineup for the next couple of episodes. Uh, then the very next episode, I'm gonna be doing with my son actually, and he's sort of gonna do like a a takeover, like you might see on a uh, Instagram. But uh, we're gonna be doing that, and then the very Next episode after that, I believe my wife is gonna come join me for that again. She's, she, in my opinion, she makes the podcast much more enjoyable because she's an interesting person. But uh, we're gonna be talking about how to deal with toxic people. So I, I wanted to. We're going for a very relatable theme here, I guess. So uh, that's the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. And remember, you do not have to keep your work life and your spiritual life disconnected. They should be, like, they should be connected very much. All, all of your spiritual life should be connected to every part of your everyday life. I don't know. Don't, don't try to, uh, compartmentalize it all right so have a good week month slash day slash year slash happy new year Bye.